Hi everyone! In this episode, we will talk about how to introduce yourself and we will break down sentences so you will be able to figure out why such sentences are formed. This is a good start in building vocabulary before we go deeper in learning Cebuano grammar. If you like my content, please support my podcast by subscribing and checking the links in the description below. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for staying with us, and I appreciate your support for this podcast. We will be making more content for you, so please stay tuned and keep learning Cebuano and Binisaya. Alright, let's get to our topic today. Last time, we talked about greetings and how to respond when someone greets you. Just a quick review. To greet people at different times of the day, we say, Maayong buntag. Maayong buntag for good morning. Maayong udto, maayong udto for good noon. Maayong hapon, maayong hapon for good afternoon. And maayong gabi, maayong gabi for good evening. Now we respond to greetings by repeating the salutation and by adding sab. Short for usab, which means to or as well in English. If someone says maayong buntag, we say maayong buntag sab. Maayong buntag sab. If someone says maayong gabi, we say maayong gabi sab. Maayong gabi sab. So that's how you respond to a greeting. Now, so this time, we will be introducing ourselves to others. When we introduce ourselves formally, we normally say our name, age, and nationality, or the province we come from or where we live. Sometimes we also say where we work. Okay, to say our name, we say ako. C, and then your name. Ako, C, and then your name. For example, Ako, C, John. Ako, C, John. In English, that would mean I am John. Again, that's Ako, C, John. Let's break down the sentence. Okay, so the first word is ako. Ako. Ako is a pronoun in Cebuano that means I. Ako is in the subject prepost form. But don't worry about the technicalities of using pronouns just yet. Just remember that ako is a subject pronoun equivalent to I. In English, for example, 
I am. So, I in Cebuano is ako. Not me, because me is an object pronoun for I. So, ako is the subject pronoun. So, we use ako for I. Ako is then followed by the particle C. That is spelled by S-I. C. Now, particle C is a subject marker. So, it serves as a subject marker for a sentence. It tells you that the person that has the particle C is the primary topic or subject of the sentence. That means that that person is who is who is being discussed in the sentence. Now, in this case, the person named John is the subject. So we're talking about John. So that's why we say see John. Now, remember, always remember this, that the particle C is always accompanied by a person's name. It is always followed by a noun that has like that can do like human stuff it can also refer to pets but as long as that person or that name is personified it means that it it sound it looks like or it seems like that name or that entity that has a specific name can do things like human does so that's the only time that we use um other pronouns that is not referring to humans so it only it mostly refers to humans only when you have c it refers to a person a person itself not the name because the name of a person is an object but the person itself that is named okay so if i would say see john i'm it's referring to john as a person but not the john as a name refers to John as a person. When you have the particle C, it always refers to the person. Got it? Okay. So now we have ako si John. Ako si John. Now, this is also another important thing to remember. When just like in English, there can only have you can there can only be one subject within a sentence. You can only have one subject in a Cebuano sentence, in a, in, a, in a primary sentence. Now, we have here ako as a subject pronoun, right? So that's the one subject. And then we also have si John, which is also a subject, pron a subject noun. So we have two subjects in this sentence. Now, why do we have two subjects in this one sentence okay so i'll give you a few minutes to a few seconds to think about why do you think that is so ako is a subject and then see john is also a subject so why are we having two subjects here in one sentence do you want to know the answer okay so the reason why there are two subject markers in that one sentence is that the two subjects refer to one entity only. 
it only refers to one person. Ako and John are both the same person. So I'm talking about me, I, and then John, which is also me. So even though they are two subjects, Ako and si John, they are still the same person. They are referring to one person only. That is why you can have two subjects in that sentence. And that is the only exemption for having more than one subject in a sentence. Right. So, ako, I, and John is also me. So, that's why we say, ako si John, I am John. So, John and ako are the same person. So, we're talking about the same person here. So, that's why we have two subject markers for each time that it, for each time that a um a, a noun or a pronoun is used to refer to that person that we're talking about right now if you want to add your last name you can just put your last name after your first name so you can say ako si john suarez so how about you why don't you tell me your name so you say ako si Again, ako, si, and then your name. Very good. Awesome. So, what about your age? How do we say our age in Cebuano? Normally, we say our age using Spanish counters. So, it's really important to know how to count in Cebuano because it's very useful everywhere. Don't worry, we will talk about how to count in the next episode. So, let's pretend that our age is 24. So let's say I'm 24. So, 24 in Cebuano Spanish counter is 24. 24. So, there's 20, which is 20, and then 4, which is 4. So, 24. So, if you know how to speak Spanish, it's very advantageous for you because you already know how to count in, in Cebuano because we use three different kind of counters in Cebuano. We have the Cebuano counters, and then we have the Spanish counters, and then sometimes we also use English counters as well. But most of the time, we move between um, Cebuano to Spanish all the time. Right. So, how to pronounce that? That would be long ba followed by a diphthong ein. And the last syllable is te. So, that would be bainte. Bainte. Right. Next is ku. So, for cuatro, we we, we pronounce first the first syllable, the onset of the uh, phone of the uh, word, which is ku, then a diphthong wa, kuwa. So we're that's why it's called a diphthong, because you shift from one vowel sound to another vowel sound. So that's why it's called a diphthong. There's a glide between two vowels. So kuwa, kuwa, kuwa. So that's the quick kuwa. Followed by the last syllable, tro. Cuatro. Cuatro. So that would be, bain de cuatro. Bain de cuatro. 
But make sure to thrill your R. Always remember in Cebuano, the R is always thrilled. So you have to remember that all the time. Okay. So now, age is like a measurement of how long you have been living on their own. So it's like, it, it's like a unit measure for us of how long you have been living. Now, when something is measured in Cebuano, you always need to put a unit of measure after the number. So since we're talking about age, so we're always measuring our age. So that's why in English, we say 24 years old. So the years old in English is a unit of measure. It's, a, it's like inches, meter, foot, uh, gallon, or whatever unit of measure you use. This time, we're, we're, we're measuring our age by year. So that's why we say 24 years old. That's why we use years old. Right. And it tells you, when you have that unit of measure, it normally tells you what that number is all about. If you're just going to say 24, we don't know what 24 is. So you need to pair it with another word so that or another phrase as a unit of measure in order for us to find out what the number is about. Right, so in Cebuano, the unit of measure is the same as this, the unit of measure for age is the same in Spanish. So we say años, años, right. So that, how do you spell años? Normally, we would spell años as A and then an ñ. That would be an N with an umlaude, and then O and an S. So we say años. So that would be veinte cuatro años. Veinte cuatro años. 24 years old. So now we have ako si John, veinte cuatro años. Ako si John, veinte cuatro años. Right. Now, there's also another way for you to say how old you are in Cebuano. So instead of saying 24 años, sorry. So instead of saying 24 años, we can also say edad 24. Edad 24. So edad literally means age. And then 24 is the number. So this time, the unit of measure we use is the Cebuano word age, which is edad. Edad. And it's spelled as E-D-A-D. Edad. Right. So that's echo, delta, alpha, delta. Edad. So I think the word edad is also borrowed from Spanish. I think, yeah, I think we, we borrow that in Spanish as well. Right, anyway, when we use edad, the unit of measure comes first, followed by the Spanish counter. So that's why we say edad 24. We never, we never say 24 edad. That's wrong. We always say edad 24 because we're, we're defining edad as 24. We're describing edad as 24. So you kind of like, um, treat them separately instead of a one unit. In 
when you have 24 años, you're 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 treating the words into one phrase. But when you say edad 24, you're kind of like separating edad from from 24 and then you're defining, you're using edad to modify or to define or to describe 24. Right. So then you can say, Ako si John Suarez, edad 24. Again, that would be, Ako si John Suarez, edad 24. Right. So now we're finished introducing our name and age. So this time we are going to say where we live. So to live or stay is a verb. So we are going to use a verb in stating where we live, right? So we say nagpuyo ko sa and then a place or a location. Again, that would be nag nagpuyo ko sa followed by the the place. So nagpuyo is one word and then Ko is another word, and then sa is another word. Okay? So, nagpuyo ko sa. Now, this can be translated in English as I live in blank. I live in the location. So, let's say Davao City. I would say, nagpuyo ko sa Davao City. Nagpuyo ko sa Davao City. In English, that would be, I live in Davos City. That is the direct translation of that. Now, let's break down the sentence. Let's start with the verb, nagpuyo. Nagpuyo. Right. So, the root word for that is puyo. So, the root word for nagpuyo is puyo. Puyo means to stay or live. Just to stay there, to stay as in to stay in an accommodation, or to live in a in a house, or a, to live in a place. That's what it means to say puyo. It could also mean to stay put, like when you tell a dog or a child to stay, to stay put and not do anything. You know, that could also mean puyo. We also use that word puyo for that. Right. So the prefix nag. For nagpuyo, right? So if the root word is puyo for nagpuyo, so what is a nag? A nag is a prefix for the verb, which indicates that the aspect of time of the verb is in past form, which means that the, but it also means that the action is still ongoing. So we, in Cebuano, we don't really have a concept of past, present, and future. We don't have that. So the only aspect that we have, if you look at it clearly, um, in, in a Cebuano uh, perspective, the action starts in the past and then ends in the past. Or it could start in the past and end in the present, or it could also end in the future. So that would be a real verb. So that this time we have a real verb. That means that the action has started in the past. 
So we don't have the concept of like past, present, future. Instead, we have, because that would be tense. Past, present, future is what we call tense in grammar. But in Cebuano, we don't use tense. Instead, we use aspect. So that means that there is a specific period that the action is done. Right. So prefix nag also indicates that the action is durative. When you say durative, it means it lasted for a while. It, start, it started somewhere in time and then it continued for a while before it stopped. That's what we call a durative because it has a duration. It lasted for a while. Now nag is a durative action. It's a, it's a durative verb. Now, uh, it also means that the verb nagpuyo may still be happening up until now. So it doesn't necessarily mean, remember that it, it only tells you that it starts in the end and it, 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 it lasted for a period of time. It doesn't tell you when it stopped. It could also mean when you, when you say nagpuyo, it could also mean that the action is still happening up until now. So that means that the person is probably still living there, could still be living there. Yeah. Now, next word for that. So we have nagpuyo followed by ko. Ko, right? So I've already explained nagpuyo. So we, I'm going to explain ko. So nagpuyo ko. So the ko is a subject post, post pronoun. Remember earlier when I said ako? is a preposed subject pronoun, right? This time we have a an a subject pronoun that is a postpose. Right. So what is a prepose and a postpose? Right. A pose indicates the position of a word within a phrase. So since ako stands alone and it's in the beginning of the sentence, so ako stands as one phrase so it is considered as a prepose it doesn't necessarily need to be paired with other words because it can stand alone by itself that's why we use the prepose form for that because a prepose means before any word the position is before any word now ko on the other hand needs to be paired with a verb as the doer of the action. That's why it is placed after the verb. That's what makes it postpose verb. So because it's it's the the pronoun ko is right after the verb and they they have a strong relationship. The the action needs to have a doer. So that's why the the doer comes after the verb. And because it comes after the verb, its position is in Post, post. That means it's after a verb or after a, another word. So it's pos it's positioned after another word. So that's why we use the ko form instead of ako form. We don't use the nagpuyo ako. That's wrong because ako is a prepose. So it has to come before another word. So we use the postpose nagpuyo ko instead. 
So because the pronoun is placed after the verb, we use a post form for the pronoun. But, you know, don't worry too much about it because you will learn more later about pronouns once we get into that episode. Okay, so right now, all you need to remember is that if a pronoun follows another word that has a meaning and they are in one phrase, you use a postpose. The postpose form, right. Now, if the pronoun starts a sentence, we use the prepose form. So if the pronoun is in the beginning of the sentence, we use the prepose form. Again, start of the sentence, prepose form or prepose pronoun. After a word that has a meaning, we use postpose pronoun. Got it? I'm going to repeat. If you start a sentence using a pronoun, we use the prepose pronoun. If we're going to use the pronoun after a word that has a meaning and they are in the same phrase, we use the postpose pronoun. Got it? Good. Right, so so far we have nagpuyo ko, that means I live. Because nagpuyo is live. And then, ko is I, so I live. So the next word in the sentence is the particle sa. Sa. Now, sa doesn't have meaning at all. It doesn't have any substantial meaning by itself. Instead, it serves as a marker of direction. Always remember, when you, when you, ha when you have the word sa, in Cebuano, the SAS word in Cebuano is a direction marker. Now, what is a directional marker? A directional marker tells you the position of a noun or where the verb is happening or taking place. So that's what it means to have a direction. It tells you the direction of where the action is going or where the action is happening, or it tells you where the position of a noun is. Right. So you have to remember that particles only have grammatical functions. They don't hold any meaning on their own. And that particles are required to be paired with words that have meaning on their own. So in this case, we have sa Davao City. Davao City is a word that can stand on its own. You can actually, can you can make phrases using the word diversity by itself. But sa, you cannot, it cannot stand uh, by itself. So you need to pair it with a word, specifically a noun, that has meaning. So sa is a particle. Now you need to remember that sa is not a preposition. It's a particle. Normally in English, you need a preposition to tell you where the action happens. Um, an example of um, preposition is like in, at, on, before, after. Those are prepositions in English. That's why we use in as in in Davao City. That's why in English we say I live in Davao City. You don't say I live Davao City. That's that's wrong in English. So, in Cebuano, we don't need a preposition for that. 
we don't need a preposition to tell us where the the um where it where the location of the noun is or where the action takes place. Instead, we use a particle marker to function to tell to mark the function of a noun. So remember, we have C before we have C. That's also a particle. It tells you what the function of the noun is that is paired for. For that, so it tells you that it is the subject of the sentence. C John is a subject, so C is a particle, and it tells you the function of the noun John. So in this case, we have Sa Davao City. So Sa is a particle, and it tells you the function of Davao City here. It means that it's where the action or the the action takes place, the Nagpuyo action takes place. So that is Nagpuyo. Sa Davao City. Nagpuyo ko sa Davao City. That which in English is I live in Davao City. Right, again, so when we introduce our name, our age, and where we live, we say Ako si John Suarez. Bainte cuatro años. Nagpuyo ko sa Davao City. Right. So you can just substitute the nouns there with whatever you want to use. Make sure that it is an appropriate noun, okay? You can change the name, you can change the number, you can change the location as well where you live. So far we have introduced our name, age, and where we live. So this time we will say our nationality. Right. So in English we can directly say I'm an American. I'm an American, right? Or you can tell people what country you are from, and that will give them a, the idea of your nationality. So you can also say, instead of saying, I'm an American, you can say, I'm from America. I'm from the United States of America. You can say that, and people will assume that you are an American. Now, in Cebuano, we only say our nationality. To do that, we say, Osako ka americano usako ka americano or if you are a filipino you can say usako usako ka pinoy usako ka pinoy so that would be usako ka and then your nationality now to say your nationality, we have some uh, words for different nationalities, but not all of them. Okay, so American is Americano. Americano. British is Briton. Briton. Um, Chinese is Inchik. Inchik. French is Frances. Frances. Spanish is Spanol, Spanol. Mexican is we have two actually for Mexican, uh, Mexicano or Mexicano, Mexicano or Mexicano. Australian, we have Australiano, Australiano, Australian or Aussie. Now Japanese is Japon, Japon. 
Note that the vowel is a regular vowel, ah. Okay, not the long vowel, ah, but the regular vowel, ah. Different from the long vowel, ah, which is hapon. Hapon. And remember, hapon is afternoon, right? Hapon is Japanese. So you have to watch out for that vowel, otherwise, you're going to confuse people. If you don't know the Cebuano or Filipino equivalent of your nationality, just use the English term and you will be fine. In fact, not all nationalities have Cebuano and Filipino equivalents, so using the English term is fine. For example, Usako ka German, Usako ka German, Usako ka Indonesian, Usako ka Indonesian, or you can even say Usako ka African. Osako ka African. Although we have um, we have a Cebuano or Filipino uh, word for uh, the nationality African, which is Africano. Africano. But you can also say African if you like to make it easier for you. Everybody understands. Now, let's break down the sentence, okay? So let's break down the sentence Osako ka and then the nationality. Now, usa is a, is a Cebuano general counter, which means one. So when you hear the word usa, that's one. Usa, duha, tolo, upat. So one, two, three, four. This is a Cebuano general counter. Not the Spanish one. General counter, Cebuano general counter. Okay, so because in English we say, I am a Filipino, I am a Filipino, so a or an is a determiner indicating that the noun is a singular or only one, right? So a or an indicates only one noun, right? So I am a Filipino, so that's why I say one Filipino, right? So we also follow that kind of concept. However, instead of using a determiner, because we don't really use determiner that way in, in Filipino or in Cebuano, we don't use a determiner that way. So we use the Cebuano counting technique instead. Why? Well, yeah, like because we don't have, we don't really, I, I can't really tell, but I don't think we have determiners, yeah. There is a misconception that the, because we use the, we use the determiner, but not actually. Ang is not a determiner, by the way. You will find out more about it if you look at my Instagram or if you subscribe to my uh, Buy Me a Coffee or Buy Me a, 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 buy me a Coffee a website. If you follow that, I post different grammar rules there and uh, correct different kind of misconception. So I'll link the description below. Okay. So instead of um, using determiner, we use particles. But because there is no particle, there is no particle for singularity in Cebuano, we kind of count instead. So instead of saying or using particles, we kind of just count instead, right? Okay. So usa ka Filipino means one Filipino. Usa which means one, right? Followed by the linking particle ka. So 
This is not the pronoun ka, by the way. This is particle ka. There is a difference between the pronoun ka, remember, the, the post, post subject pronoun ka is different from the particle ka. When you are counting a noun, the number and a noun should always be connected by the linking particle ka. So when you're counting something, when you're counting an object, you link the number and the object using the particle ka so that the the number, which is a noun by the way, can be linked into the another noun, which means that you are describing the the num the noun with a number. So that's why we need to have a particle ka. So that's why we say usa ka americano. Usa ka americano. So the noun here is americano and then the number is usa. So to put them together, to combine them, to put them in one phrase, we say usa ka americano. It's true to all um unit of measure or anything actually for example if you're going to say one inch one inch so inch is a noun and although it's a unit of measure it's also a noun so we say usaka pulgada usaka pulgada so if we're going to say one bottle one bottle so that would be in Cebuano usaka botella so it's really important that you use ka when you're when you're describing how many object there objects there are. Okay. Right. So that's why we say usaka americano. Usa one ka, which is a linking particle, followed by the americano, which is a noun. So where does the I am in I am an American comes from? To insert the subject into the sentence, remember, I am, I, you need to talk about yourself. So it's it's not just about one American. You need to tell people that you are one American, right? So we need to insert the subject into the sentence, Osaka Americano, or one American. So we put the post-post subject pronoun, ko, subject pronoun, ko, after the number. Right. So that's why it becomes usa ko ka americano. So usa one ko is the pronoun short for ako, which is a post post form of the ako, followed by the particle ka, followed by the pronoun or the, the noun uh, americano. So if you're going to say I am an American, we say usa ko americano again usa is one ko is i ka is the linking particle doesn't have any english translation and then americano is the noun american right so usako ka americana if you, americano sorry if you are a if, if you are a girl you say americana if you're a guy we say americano because we follow the Spanish uh, 
gendering of noun. It's it's imperative. We have no choice because it's part of the language. We adapted it, so we just we adapted it from another language. So we have to follow the rules of that other language. That's what you do when you are code switching, when you are borrowing words from another uh, from another language. You have to follow the rule of 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 the original language. You cannot just change the rule for that just because you are borrowing it. You can mix up the rules together, but you still have to follow the same concept. If you're borrowing a noun, you have to use it as a noun as well in the target language. So since we borrowed um, a gendered noun from Spanish, Americano or Americana, we have to use the gendered noun as well in Cebuano. Now, if you directly translate it to English, it would be I am one American, but you don't really say it in English. So instead, we translate it as I am an American. Usako ka Americano. Now, how do we introduce ourselves? Okay, so this is the practice part. Okay, so we say ako si... Then your name. Again, ako si blank Spanish counter años. Blank años. Followed by nagpuyo ko sa blank. Nagpuyo ko sa no, name of the place. And then Usako ka, then your nationality. Okay, so example. I got here some few examples. Ako si Juan de la Cruz. Trinta años. Nagpuyo ko sa Davao City. Usako ka Pinoy. So to translate that, that would be Ako si Juan de la Cruz. I am Juan de la Cruz, 30 años, 30 years old. Nagpuyo ko sa Davao City. I live in Davao City. Usako ka Pinoy. I am a Filipino. Another example. Ako si John Doe, 21 años. Nagpuyo ko sa Los Angeles or Los Angeles. Nagpuyo ko sa Los Angeles, America. Usako ka Americano. So to translate that, that would be Ako si John Doe. My name is John Doe. 21 años, 21 years old. Nagpuyo ko sa Los Angeles, America. I'm, I live in Los Angeles, America. Or Los Angeles, um, United States of America. Usako ka Americano. I am an American. Another example. Ako si Neil Schneisen. Ako si Neil Schneisen. 45 años. 45 años. Nagpuyo ko sa Berlin, Germany. Nagpuyo ko sa Berlin, Germany. Usako ka German. Usako ka German. 
So to translate that, ako si Neil Schneisen. I am Neil Schneisen. 45 años. 40 is 40, followed by 5, which is 45. That would be 45 years old. Nagpuyo ko sa Berlin, Germany. I live in Berlin, Germany. Usako ka German. I am a German. How about you? Can you introduce yourself? Right. You can comment your self-introduction on my Instagram and I will see if you introduce yourself correctly using the pattern that we learned today. And that is it for our episode for today. Thank you very much for tuning in in our podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to get the latest updates of our podcast. Salamat sa pagpaminaw o kita tapuhon. Hamping pirmi. Bye-bye! Thank you.